And now, coming to you from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting throughout the multiverse, the Nine Realms, Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, Niedeveller, basically anywhere that has the internet, really, we proudly present Radio Free Asgard. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 249. We're a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network, and we're coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. All right, so Doctor Strange is out, folks. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I think we're going to go see it next weekend. So uh, next weekend, as I speak now, which is two weeks from now, I guess in real time, but <laughs> seeing as I usually record the show on Monday and the weekend just passed, it's going to be a while before we actually see it. But I am looking forward to it. The early reviews are good. Early feedback that I've heard from people on Facebook is good. I'm looking forward to it. And it's going to be pretty, so we're going to go see it in IMAX 3D. All right, so this week we are finishing up our run of Thor, Son of Asgard, and our coverage of that particular 12-issue limited series sort of thing. So let's go ahead and move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You'll behold in breathless wonder the God of Thunder, And as promised, we are looking at Thor, Son of Asgard, number 12. Cover price is $2.99. Cover date is March of 2005. Cover art is by Joe Chen, and as always, it's a gorgeous cover. Shows Thor standing uh, kind of on top of a sort of big rock sort of thing, cape flapping in the breeze. He's holding Mjolnir up over his head, and there's some sort of lightning slash fire coming out of the hammer. Sif is standing behind him with her hand on her sword, which is still sheathed and is looking up at him rather pensively. But it is a gorgeous cover, lots of really nice yellow and orange and red, and yeah, it's very, he's using warm colors, and it's, it's a great cover like all of these covers from Joe Chen have been. Uh, opening up to the splash page, of course, we have the credits. Okira Yoshida was the writer, Greg Tocini was the penciler, Guru EFX is the colorist, VC's Randy Gentili is the letterer, Joe Chen did the cover, Jerry Kalinowski was the production person. Mackenzie Cadenhead was the editor. Ralph Macchio, the consulting editor. Joe Casada was the editor-in-chief. Dan Buckley is the publisher. With special thanks to our Asgardian forefathers, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. And we'll find out why they did that uh, as we go on through the episode. And we open up to a double-page spread, which... It's a little bit awkward, and the reason it's a little bit awkward is because it doesn't look like it was originally intended to be a double-page spread. We actually have a seam down the center of the two-page spread where the artist corrected the art to make it look more like a double-page spread, but it doesn't quite work. So I'm not really sure why they did that. I'm not sure if they thought there was going to be a fold here or whatever. Um, clearly, this would not this early in the book would not have been the centerfold. So there, there would have been a crease there in the original book. Of course, I'm reading it from a scan, so it doesn't really you know, look like that. Um, 
So maybe that's just their way of trying to make it look better when it's actually folded. But here it takes me right out of it. It's like, wait, they, they didn't fix the crease very well. Anyway, so, but it is a beautiful illustration here. On the left-hand side, we have Hela, the goddess of death, and she's got her antlers and sort of weird fairy wings, which I don't think we've ever seen on Hela before. And she has Sif, and she's holding Sif by the hair, and they are floating in midair, and Sif is wearing some sort of restraint, some sort of giant metal cuff thing on her wrists, and she is chained to Hela's ankle for some reason. On the right-hand side, we have Thor, as seen from behind. He has Mjolnir in one hand, and we get a shot of his ass, and it looks like he's looking up and away from Hela for some reason. I'm not really sure why that is. But anyway, it's a, it is a very dramatic illustration, quite quite well done. And Thor shouting at Hela, Sif, release her, Hela! <laughs> Foolish godling, you dare defy the goddess of death. And and Thor gets determined, and he grabs the, the hammer with both hands, and he's getting ready to strike at Hela. I've escaped your grasp once, and shall do so again! And he races towards Hela. He's running towards her with the hammer up, going, ah! And Hela just kind of smiles and teleports out of the way. Uh, he goes sweeping past her and lands in a heap on the ground. Yeah, so Hela's got this, like, magic lightning that she's shooting out of her hands. And we get another shot here of the wings, which I thought were weird before. They're really weird now. I'm not... I, I don't know what they're supposed to be. I'll be I'll be quite honest, but I'm pretty sure that Hela has never had wings before. Now, one of the things that always bothers me about Hela, I know I've complained about it before, but she has the sort of superhero type mask. And this in this version, she doesn't have eyes cut in the mask. So it's kind of like Daredevil, uh you know, where it's just covering her eyes. And so I'm not sure if she's supposed to be blind or, or why. Anyway, it, it just it, it strikes me as odd because you don't think of Hela as a character who doesn't need to see where she's going. <laughs> but anyway, there, there's no dialogue at all during this. Uh, Thor gets hit by magic bolt, goes flying. And we have another double page spread immediately thereafter, which means this is going to be a short episode, where we have... Thor recovering, he lifts the hammer and starts whipping it around, sort of like he comes to do later. There's still magic kind of crackling around him, and he releases it with a krakoom, and he whips it at, at Hela, and it flies right at Hela's face, but Hela just lifts her hand, and magic comes out, and the hammer is stopped. We get a close-up of Thor's face, and he's horrified. He's like, no, and Hela's like, Oh, yes. And the uh, hammer is just kind of floating there. And Hela turns the magic around and she is whipping it right back at Thor. And she says, You may have survived the icy touch of my hand the first time I came for you, Odin son, but that will not happen again. And Mjolnir comes flying at Thor, hits him right in the chest with a thwam, knocks him down, and scoots him across this big courtyard thing and into like a retaining wall kind of thing knocks him down and it looks like Thor is down for the count he goes down hammer thumps down to the ground next to him and Sif is like Thor no and she's going to argue with Hela here 
Set me free, you cursed witch. As you wish, says Hella. And she drops Sif on the ground. And Sif has uh, ankle uh, bracelets, I guess, to, to uh, keep her feet from moving. As well as the uh, the ones on her hands. And Hella does like a magic gesture. And the shackles disappear. Go then to the side of your prince, says Hella. And um, she says... He may yet draw breath. And then Sif gets up and she runs over to Thor and is uh, is crouching over him and cradling him. And Hela's like, but his life now belongs to me. And Sif is like, Thor, Thor, open your eyes, Thor. Please get up for me. After all we've been through, our lives cannot end this way. There's so much more I wish to share with you. So much more I know we can accomplish in life together. And Thor's not really reacting much. Of course, he's just been hit in the chest by Mjolnir, so it probably doesn't feel too good. And Hela comes over, and she's kind of looming over the both of them. I'm afraid any hope you might have of a future with the Odin son will not come to pass. And Sif looks up, and she's like, You heartless monster! Why do you so desperately seek Thor's death? What has he done to incur your wrath? And she's crying, of course. The sins of the father are passed down to his sons. So you seek revenge against Odin by claiming the life of his son? Indeed, bringing pain and suffering into the life of an immortal is no easy task. The loss of his whelp will be a blow from which even the all-father of Asgard cannot recover. Never! I cannot allow you to take him from me! And Sif reaches into her boot and grabs out a uh, like a little skidoo, kind of a pathetically small little dagger to attack the goddess of death with. And Hela does, does seem pretty amused by this. Very well. I had hoped to keep you alive so you could tell Odin the tale of his son's demise. But there are other ways of accomplishing that. Just as you did in life, you can now stand by your beloved side in death. And hear a voice from off-panel... No. And it turns out it's Thor. I guess he's alive after all. And he seems to, his face seems to have morphed here into a character from Planet of the Apes. <laughs> because he's got this really weird elongated head and it looks like an ape. And he uh, stands up and he picks the hammer up and he gets ready to confront Hela once again. And he says, only one of us will be joining you in hell this day. Sif is innocent. Her death will serve you no purpose. And, and he goes right up and gets in Hela's face. Do with me what you will, but free her. I offer myself to you willingly in exchange for her life. And so it was like, Thor, no, you mustn't. And Thor turns and looks at Sif, and Sif is crying. And it's kind of tears splattering down her, her face. Uh, Hela is taken aback by this. And she's like, you would sacrifice yourself so for the life of another? Yes, says Thor. Sif's life means more to me than my own. Let me be the one to feel your fatal touch. Never have I heard such an offer, says Hela. And I think she's mistaken here because I think we actually had something like this back in her uh, first appearance in this in the series, back when it was like episode number or issue number three. But uh, anyway, so uh, Thor is kind of having a touching little moment with, with Sif and then turns back to uh, Hela and he says, then you have never known love. 
And Hela gets all powered up and she's got lightning pouring off her and she's getting ready to take Thor's soul. And she says, so be it. And we get a full page here of Thor. He's just standing there in front of Hela. He's got the hammer held in front of him. Like, you know, just like at rest. He's not going to fight back. And we see Hela reaching out for Thor's face or his neck or whatever she touches. And her hands get closer and closer and closer and closer. And once again, we have no dialogue here. So, <laughs> And uh, just as she is about to touch him and, and steal his soul, she stops and she says, I, I cannot do it. I cannot take a life so noble. Your sacrifice does me no good. Knowing you had given your life in exchange for that of another would stir compassion in Odin's heart. He would be proud of your actions. You would have died with honor. That is not the effect I want. Go, Thor, son of Odin. Go, and take Sif with you. You have earned your life this day, delaying death yet again. But be warned, our paths will cross again, as all roads eventually lead to hell. And... Hela fades away, and they are left there alone, Thor and Sif, on this weird platform thing with a sort of ring. And Sif gets up, and she's like, Thor! And he's like, Sif! And they run towards each other, and they embrace. We get another full-page shot here of the two of them sucking face in each other's arms and smooching. And uh, they're, they're having a little canoodle here in, in the middle of hell. You would have given your life for mine. And I would again, without regret. I spoke the truth to Hela and meant every word. But come now, we should continue this conversation in more pleasant surroundings. How do you propose we get down from this mountaintop? Fly? And he holds up the hammer. And uh, the first time Sif has noticed, uh, he says, So mighty Mjolnir is yours. You've finally proven yourself worthy. Thor whips the hammer around and they take off flying. And he says, I have now. And as they take off, we have a, another full page here. And we see ghostly figures of Hela in the, in the clouds. And yeah, good sort of faces appearing in the clouds. And that is the end and that is Thor, Son of Asgard, number 12, and the end of the series. And of course we have a few words to say about it, despite the fact this is going to be a short episode, folks. But uh, we are going to have some words about it after this message. Star Trek. Comic books. Mythology. Video games. Toys, Star Wars, just about any geeky topic you can think of could be covered on the Hammer Podcast, presented by Two True Freaks. Come join me, Gene Hendricks, for whatever my disjointed mental processes can come up with, and be careful, or you might just learn something before we're done. The Hammer Podcast is available monthly, both on its own iTunes feed and at twotruefreaks.com.
And we're back. And of course, I have a lot to say about this issue. Now, one of the things that may strike you after hearing the conclusion of this three-issue arc here of Worthy in Thor, Son of Asgard, is that the story sounds awfully familiar. And it's true. We've actually told this story before. It's been a long time, five years and a few months to be exact. I'll look back at uh, Radio Free Asgard episode number 12 from August 4th of 2011. And you will hear basically this story in the last 15 minutes of the show. And the reason why it's so familiar is because we've done the story before. This was the five-page Tales of Asgard backdrop from Journey into Mystery number 102, decompressed using modern storytelling techniques into 24 pages. Actually, no, it's closer to 70 pages because that whole five-page story is three issues in modern comics. And this is one of my pet peeves, and I've complained about it in the past, that they've decompressed things so much that you have to just fill the space. And here's a, a great example of that in this issue. We have two double-page spreads and at least two other full-page spreads with no dialogue or very little dialogue. And they're basically having to decompress two pages of that five-page story into a whole issue. And the artwork, I cannot deny, is, is really gorgeous to look at. One of the interesting things about the artwork I really like is that they spend a lot of time, and I, I assume this is mostly the colorist doing it, not the, uh, yeah, not the artist uh, Tocini, but the skies have all these weird figures and forms and skulls and things, which would be, you know, it, it's pretty cool, you know, consider that they're in hell. But there's all these weird sort of, you know, wraith-like, skull-like things appearing in the mist. And they do a really good job of making hell look kind of creepy and weird. Definitely a video game uh, influence here, like a, a World of Warcraft influence in the way that they're portraying this this world as being different from the regular world. You have the same kind of color palette type changes that they would do in WoW and other things. So so I, I think I think it's cool. I mean, I think that the artwork is really good. Some of the dialogue even is pretty much the same as what we got, though, back in 1962 or whatever it was when we covered the issue. They, they, they really did deconstruct it. Now, there's a few differences, of course. Back then in you know, 1962 or whenever it was when Journey into Mystery 102 came out, this was the very first appearance of three characters in the Thor mythos. It was the first appearance of Hela. It was the first appearance of Balder. And it was the first appearance of Sif. Sif, of course, back in those days, was simply a damsel in distress. She was a you know, blonde-haired, uh, very feminine, helpless prisoner who didn't even have any dialogue. I mean, and, uh, and, and Balder was a gray-haired guy with a mustache. So, you know, somebody who's really obviously older. Another big difference is that in that journey into mystery tale, Thor was supposed to be 18. They've portrayed him in this series as significantly younger than 18. So, uh, but, but it was the same plot. We had Thor lifting the hammer for the first time in, in his, uh, his haste to go after Sif. Didn't even realize that he'd picked the hammer up. And it's the same in this story. So, again, you know, it's a, it's a retelling of an old Lee Kirby thing for, uh, you know, for a modern audience. 
But I doubt that most of the people reading this, and probably even people who've read those original issues, didn't realize that this is exactly the same story stretched out into 70-something pages. So, anyway, yeah, there's, there's quite a lot of good to be said for the artwork in here, but I, I guess they probably knew that they were retelling that story. I, I can't imagine that, that he slipped this by Marvel. Yeah, I'm sure that, that Yoshida actually had permission to, to do this. But it really struck me while we were you know, reading the last few issues, and then, then when I read this issue in preparation for the show, it's like, wait, we've read this story before. And it was just a matter of figuring out where we'd read it before. Don't like the creepy butterfly. Well, they're not really butterfly wings, but sort of creepy fairy wings on Hela. Hela's not a fairy. Um, it's it's another weird thing that you know they they're kind of ignoring here is uh, that also Hela is Loki's daughter, <laughs> and Loki is being portrayed as slightly younger than Thor, Sif, and Balder. So, okay. <laughs> Um, but uh, I guess it works if you're gods who are you know thousands of years old. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, so that that is Thor, son of Asgard. Uh, tell me what you thought of it. You know, I think that that by and large, as a series, the you know, the beginning of it was was okay. We had that weird weird soap opera y middle of the story. Uh, where we're concentrating on on you know high school drama, and then we have this this last three issues, which is a five page backup story from Journey into Mystery. Um, would I pick this up? Would I recommend this being picked up by you? If you like the art, uh, otherwise I can't really recommend it. I mean the art's okay, but uh, it's not what I would call a, a fantastic Thor story. And, of course, I am definitely looking forward to getting back to something a little bit more typical of the character. Uh, yeah, because this, this last uh, 12 weeks has been, uh, it's been pretty sad. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, I think I've stretched this out about as much as I can do. Uh, once again, folks, thanks very much for listening. I really do appreciate it. But before we go, here is the segment from... Episode number 12, where I talk about that five-page tale of Asgard. This was, of course, courtesy of Radio Free Asgard, episode number 12 from 2011. Another tale from the boyhood of Thor, and it is Thor at the age of 18, according to the uh, cover page here. And the name of this Tales of Asgard story is Death Comes to Thor. And we have Thor at the age of 18, looking very much like he does in the uh, in the regular book, but still carrying a sword. He's still not uh, uh, carrying the hammer. And he is looking for the Norns, the three fates. He's saying, thinking to himself, at last I found the three fates. They can tell me if I shall ever be awarded Odin's magic hammer. And there's an editor's note that Tales of Asgard has become one of the most popular series in all of comicdom and has won itself a permanent place among the Marvel roster of fabulous features. The story was written by Stan Lee, illustrated by Jack Kirby, inked by Paul Reinman, and lettered by Art Simek. And so we have Thor confronting the, uh, the three fates, and they sense his request before he even asks it. And they tell him, you can win Odin's enchanted hammer, but you will have to meet death first. And Thor's thinking, the fates never lie. This must mean I'm doomed. But I must never stop trying. I must have the magic hammer. And he goes off riding on a horse, just ordinary, kind of ordinary looking white horse. 
And uh, as if I have to die in order to get it, I shall face my destiny with courage as the son of Odin should. He uh, goes back to Odin's palace and attempts to lift the magical hammer. And he apparently is able to lift it even less than he was able to when he was like 12. But uh, uh, he, he, and he's saying it's the highest I've ever raised it, but it's still not enough. So we actually have in this backup story the very first appearance of Baldur. Amazingly enough, uh, and, this, and this is the first time we've ever seen Baldur, at least by name, and he, he kind of stumbles into the throne room. He says, Thor, the storm giants, they ambushed me, seized my sister Sif. Thor is like, gentle Sif, a prisoner of the storm giants. It's unthinkable. This is also the first appearance of Sif, though this is a far cry from the Sif that we become familiar with later in the series and carries on even into the movie version. This is more Sif as a damsel in distress with this uh, bright blonde hair, which is definitely more in line with the way the Norse myths portrayed her, but not in the way the comics have. Baldur kind of falls back unconscious and they show he has this big old his white hair and his big white mustache, um, which is kind of the opposite of, of the way we've seen him later. But um, the guards arrive and Thor's like, well, here come the guards to attend to you. As for Sif, I need to rescue her or die trying. I swear to you, my friend. Let the storm giants beware. But they, they actually show him lifting the hammer above his head without realizing what it is he's doing. So Thor actually picks up the, the hammer and rides off into battle with the giants with it in his hand. And he arrives in the land of the giants in front of the castle where Sif is being held prisoner. And the giants say, behold, it's the puny gobbling. And he, they're not that much bigger than he is. Um, this time he will not elude us again. Take caution, brother, though his size is small compared to ours. He has the strength and valor of many men. And uh, he uses his hammer to smash the bridge, uh, which seems to me would actually prevent him from getting over it. But <laughs> that's what he does. And uh, he's saying, I have no time to waste with mere castle guards. I must find the lovely Sif within these walls. This will enable me to reach the castle without any further interference. But he buries the two giants in the rubble of this bridge and rides up uh, what looks like a little pathway up the cliff. And he recognizes the palace as the castle of King Rugga. Even though he is not a god himself, it is his dearest desire to become one. And Rugga is just sort of a... Uh, kind of viking looking dude with a with a crown uh red hair and a beard kind of looks like uh zeus from uh the, the kind of the the later issues of thor um but uh thor defeats all of rugga's guards says, rugga i have come for sif free her or suffer the consequences and rugga says wait thunder god let me explain hella the goddess of death has sworn that she will make me an immortal if i deliver sif to her so i did and Thor's angry about that. Heartless one, you would accept life at the expense of someone else's death? Tell me, where can I find Hela? Speak! And Rugga is not putting up much of a fight. Says, do not harm me. I shall tell you where to find her. But no man in his right mind goes to find the goddess of death. But the, the mighty Thor is not in his right mind. Oh, oh, no, that's not what it says. It says, but the mighty Thor is not just a mere man. And so they show him in the land of death. And this is the first appearance... Also, of Hela. Yes, we're starting to get our cast here. And not only do we have Balder and Sif in the story, but Hela as well. And she is in her very familiar looking outfit from later. So, you know that I am Hela, goddess of death. At my touch, even a god must perish. Do with me what you will, but free the innocent Sif. I offer myself in her place. Let me feel your fatal touch. I know no fear. 
but sets you free. You would sacrifice yourself for another? Never have I heard such an offer. I cannot do it. I cannot take a life which is so young, so brave, so noble. Go, Thor, son of Odin, and take Sif with you. You have earned her freedom. And caption in the last panel says, And so it was that Thor first gained full possession of his magic hammer by offering to make that supreme sacrifice, giving up his life for that of another. And the irony of the tale is this. Not until days later did the mighty god realize that he has won his goal. Because Thor isn't very smart. And uh, the, the uh, next issue, Borb says, Next issue, another tale of Asgard, featuring the noblest superhero of them all, the mighty Thor. And with that, we are back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics. The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, the Invincible Sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vent and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.